Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone. Anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond. Please respond. Welcome to Heroclix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on Heroclix, sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels just like I do. Whether you're playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N. C-L-I-X at gmail.com, or you can private message me on HC Realms under the ID of Colossus TM. Also, we currently have our Facebook page up and running. It is under, it's on Facebook under Heroclix Borderlands. And on it, you can message me directly, or you can leave comments in the comment sections for stuff I post out there. I am currently posting the latest articles and videos I run across that I think will provide insight and just provide a new perspective for you on the game. So, this is episode 11. Double number one. Double winner. That's what we want to call it. Great episode last week. I'm happy that everybody is able to be, stay with me as I fought through that cold. So, this week, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Deadpool versus Joker. Meta who? Meta who? Which set will make the biggest impact in the meta game? Now, I'm no expert, but I'm going to give you my insights on what I think are some pieces out there that will make an impact in the metagame, could show up in some of the higher-level tournaments, and might have a place on the meta board. And we're going to find out which set's going to bring the largest impact. Also, we will be going over a reviewing a mechanic that has been introduced into the game with this current round of WKOs. That's the PIM Particle Tank. We'll be going over that because I believe you're going to start seeing that show up at national events and in your local venue. Also, I'll be going over the challenge team that I put together. The 300-point Deadpool-only team can only have one version of Deadpool and must come from the Deadpool set. It also must be themed. So I'll go over my build on that. Also, I'll have a new challenge out, and we'll do our Keeping It Fresh series where we'll be putting up a new scenario that for you to try at your local venue or at home with your friends. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Right now, I want to talk about what's been going on this past week since my last podcast. 
Well, number one, I've gotten a lot healthier. It was crazy listening to my podcast from last week, how slow I was thinking and all that. Just reminds me of one thing. If you're sick, playing Heroclix is not going to be good for you. I had trouble thinking. I had trouble making decisions. I can't imagine in a high-stress Heroclix game where if you're sick, and especially with a something in your head where it's kind of stopped up and causing you to have headaches and not think clearly, how in the world are you going to be able to play a good Heroclix game or even have fun while you're playing it? So I'd recommend if you get sick, please don't go to a Heroclix game. It will just be a source of frustration. And if you do have a big Heroclix tournament coming up, stay healthy, drink a lot of orange juice, get a lot of vitamin C, be ready for it so that you can enter it at your peak health. Well, I just wanted to go over what I've been thinking about this past weekend. Really, I've just been having some new thoughts. I had a lot of fun kind of re-entering into my local scene, playing some tournaments there, and I actually went and did a draft and pick booster Deadpool kind of tournament at my venue. It was fun. Uh, once again, I finished middle of the pack. Didn't have a, I wouldn't say I didn't have a good team. I just misplayed it a couple of times. It was good to kind of find out the new figures, I will go ahead and say that the team that won had a champion pool, and we just couldn't deal with it. I mean, champion pool is champion pool for a reason. Just a behemoth that just takes everything out. And at my venue, we just kind of, everybody bought a a booster, and like at a battle royale, we would take one figure from the booster, pass it to the person to our left, and we kept doing that until everybody had five figures. Um, Was it fun? Yes. Uh, were all the teams balanced? Not really, but everybody had a great time. Everybody got to play these new figures, and at the end, we threw all the figures in together with some other prize support, and we just kind of did a draft like at the end of Civil War, and you just drafted the figures, and it was kind of cool, a lot of fun, and, you know, it's kind of casual kind of game to me where we all had a good time, and nobody really brought this meta team looking to try and win the tournament. So, you know, that's been my play experience for the past week, but it kind of helped me get into some new thoughts I've been having. I'm really wanting to start to refocus again on my WKO dream of qualifying for nationals. And in order to do that, I need to start looking at my team, looking at playing some more high-quality matches, and actually attempting to do a Skype match. I bought the camera to do Skype. I've yet to do it. And if any of y'all have done that or willing to go out on a limb with me to try a Skype match, please just email me or let me know. I would love to try it. I uh, just, right now, just not had any, any impetus to kind of go do it. But I'd love to do that. So my next big goal is to prepare for my next WKO, which I assume will be in KC, South Carolina in May. Uh, in order to do that, I'm looking over the sets. I'm watching videos of other top meta teams, reading about them, and I'm wanting to start practice my team again. And along those lines, I started looking at some new pieces that I might be adding to it or taking from it. So now I'll go with that a little bit later. So that's what I've been thinking of. This Going back to my local venue has recharged me to go try a higher-level competitive field. And that's what local venues do. They kind of give you that balance where you can just feel like, yeah. And that's what I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling like, yeah, I can go for it again. I mean, it was hard to prepare for. A lot of stuff was going on in my life at that time. You know, I understand just like you all. I have a life, I have a wife, I have a job, and, you know, Heroclix does not absorb 80% of my life. It's about 10, if that much, 15, 20. Sometimes I'm going to push it to 20, but I'm going to tell you, the rest of my life suffers. So, to balance that, you know, you 
you have to set yourself aside some time. So some new goals I have is to watch one video a week of a match, uh, listen to at least one podcast, and to go out there and review, uh, build at least one or two teams throughout the week, just to kind of keep my mind in it, and try to play one game at least a week. And those are lofty goals, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not too sure I can get those done, but I'm going to try and do as many as I can to keep me moving forward where I want to go, which is nationals. Um... So, as you all been noticing, I've been putting it out on Facebook, and this is huge. There's some new rules coming down from WizKids, or they're saying they might. And they're leaving it out there, and they're starting this slow trickle. I won't say slow trickle, about once a day, once every two days. They're putting out these new rule tweaks that they're going to make to try and make the, team, the game just a little bit simpler, or to streamline it, or to make it a little bit more consistent. Um, I would love to go into a lot of depth about these rules, and I'm kind of mulling them over. I'm chewing on them and deciding whether I like them or not. Rules they put out so far is with outwit, theme team, mastermind, leadership, objects, all that. And those have all been great articles to read, and I, I really suggest that you go out there and read them. I am worried. Let me go ahead and first throw this out here. The one thing I'm worried about is that if WizKids comes along and changes the game too much, are people really going to start dropping the game? I mean, you have invested a lot of time and effort in learning the game where you're at, especially highly competitive players. And if there's some drastic changes come along, are highly competitive players or any player willing to relearn a game that they love? I'm willing to. I'm open to it. And I'm, I love that WizKids putting them out there early so that... Um, I can have a chance to digest them before they go into play. I hope they're coming out with a starter set and a and a rule guide to kind of go over it, to kind of guide us on it. And I believe that's their plan. So if you've been out of Heroclix for a while, I would start reading those articles. That's what I'd suggest to my friends. I have a buddy that's starting to get back into it. He's been buying new sets. This is a great time for him to come in. I mean, right now he's in the flux area where he's going to learn some rules that are going to kind of go away. But I've been in this game for a long time, and some of these rules that they're talking about changing sounds like something that should have happened a long time ago. And just to make it a little bit more simple, people are not going to like it. Some won't like it. Some will. Some people will leave the game because of it. Some people will come back. I'm just hoping the game survives the, the change. I'm okay with it right now. And my plan is to not talk about it this episode, but I do hope in the next episode that I have a buddy of mine who's a judge in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm hoping that he'll come on the show with me and me and him can discuss rule changes and have more of a dialogue because I'd love to bounce some of those ideas off, get in a, a different perspective. So hopefully that'll come through. If not, the episode will be about something else next week. But I'm trying to get that worked out. So that's a plan for the future. But go out and start reading them. Start thinking about them. Throw some questions out there. Give us, give us some questions. On, give us. I'm still the only person doing this show. So give me some suggestions on what I can think about. I need y'all to make me a better player. So I'm just kind of looking at that. I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts and opinions on that. My opinions right now, I'll just give you one right off the top of my head. Love the change to leadership. Love it. Love that leadership leadership automatically gives you a plus one. You can have two leaderships. It's still only going to give you plus one action. So I love that idea. And the ability to roll a five or six for leadership, and it take an action token off a lower point character adjacent to you or a higher point character adjacent to you that you share a keyword with. Love it. I think that's awesome. I think that will be a, a great um, 
addition to leadership. I think it makes it more relevant. It also makes me want to put it on, especially with the lower point figures that are, that are highly efficient they're putting out there. makes me want to put together a swarm team more because I can have those four actions. And Four actions compared to three will, over time, overwhelm your opponent if you make those quality actions. So I think that's a great change, and I'm really, I would go out there and look at their article about turn sequence, like how the phases of the game. And I have always struggled with that. I've not really understood it. So this article coming out and talking about the new phases of the game, the way they want the phases of the game to work, starts to really make sense to me. So that's awesome. So these new rules articles, I say go read them, look at them. I know I'm reading them, and I'm really holding on to my thoughts about them until we, I can get Matt on here to kind of discuss them with me. Also, just wanted to point this out. I never realized it. I was listening to Dark Logos' uh, Starting Over podcast the other day, and he was talking about going back to Heroclix tournaments. And he said, well, let me look at how the rounds went. I'm like, what is he talking about? Where is there a database of the rounds that are played at a WizKids Open or at another venue? So I kind of went out to the WIN network and started looking around. I went to uh, the WKO event I played in and pulled it up. And sure enough, it has a place. If you go into past events, you go into the event, up in the right-hand corner, there's a button. I forget what the button's called. I believe it's called Event Details. And if you go in there, it will show you points per round, who played who. That was awesome. I was like, wow, that's cool. So I went out there and played around with it, trying to find the old tournaments I was in, trying to find that. And I was like, wow, that, that looks like a cool feature. And I kind of looked around in the WizKids uh, like website, and I also found they had sets like uh, the Deadpool set or the Joker's Wild set. It was only, I think, back to Superior Foes. But in those, if you found the set like page or whatever, it had pictures of every figure that was in that set. And, it was a, and I believe it was a picture you could copy, and it was a really high-quality image. And I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, those, that's where you get those images to post to Facebook or eBay or stuff like that. It comes off that page. So just kind of hunting around. It just also showed me the potential of the WizKids website. If they would just tap into it, it would be a great place to just kind of go to and kind of gravitate more players to. They've kind of abdicated that. or Yeah, they've abdicated that to HC Realms where that's become more of the community. And, I mean, that's pretty good. But I'd love to see WizKids kind of take more of a forefront and put more resources out for us players to go use. And in fact, if that website grows in vitality and strength, I think it's just great for the game. Um, also, there's a couple of videos I want to talk about. I, put, I believe I posted them to the Facebook page. One was a Majestics video where it's called Superhero Showdown Episode 9, Jakeem and Superman versus Krang. In it, they did two matches of a Jakeem Superman team and a Krang with his pit crew team. And they, uh, Pat Yaboko and Justin, I believe, faced off against each other. And they did it on two different maps and just kind of gave their thoughts. I thought that was a great video. Number one, it showed me how Jakeem kind of works. The full-fledged Jakeem is the one that Symbio from T3 had run and I believe won a WKO with. I might be wrong on that, or a super qualifier. Anyway, that Jakeem-Superman combo first showed me how Jakeem kind of works. His uh, special power, just how you might maneuver him, how you might keep him protected. 
And it also showed me the deadliness of the shifting focus Superman as a secondary attacker. And I think he also had Clarion on that team. So he kind of went through those three big pieces. And Krang, what was interesting about the video, it kind of really gave me insight into how a Krang operator, a Krang driver would run a Krang team. And if you're going to play in the meta, Krang, as they call it, is the gatekeeper. You're going to meet Krang teams that are just so cheap to put together that are very accessible to a lot of players. Unlike Jakeem, you're going to run into a Krang team. Like I said, I went to KC, South Carolina, and there were two Krang teams there, and both of them ended up in the top four, and there's only one Jakeem team. So that, I will show you the prevalence of a Krang team. Not that you it will win a lot of tournaments, but it's just going to be so many of them there that you're going to have to face them. It's almost a guarantee you have to figure out how to defeat them with your team. So that's a great video to kind of watch. Now, I loved how... In the first match, Krang won, but in the second match, Jakeem won. So it was kind of neat on who do you take out and who should you take out to take out Krang, how do you run it. And I think they were in the pin lab, PIM lab on the, in the, second, the second match, and they were on the Wonder Woman with the big blocking train that you can't destroy in the middle in the other match. And that really made a huge difference in how Jakeem worked versus Krang. So you need to go see that video. Also, I'll put another video out there of, it was the first round of the Chico Super Qualifier 300 Limited. The reason why I put it out there, because it had two teams. It had an Anarchy team and, with Shredder Clone and Vanisher and a Penguin. And it was versus a Jakeem Thunder team with Red Tornado, Green Lantern, and Atomica. And what was really neat about that is seeing how Jakeem got taken out and, and almost turn one. Oh, the other guy with Anarchy also had Leonardo, the super rare, uh, yeah, the chase I was talking about, the astronaut one. Jakeem just ran out, took out that chase Leonardo, immediately was then decimated by an Anarchy bomb and a Shredder clone, and Jakeem just went down on a blades roll of five. And to watch that team come back using Red Tornado and Green Lantern, using the Green Lantern wall token with the Red Lantern being able to knock the, knock a person by free force blast, using that and using the outwit to come back and actually win that game, that was totally interesting. Even against a Shark Shredder. I, I found that, wow, that's a combo I hadn't thought about. The Red Tornado with Green Lantern from the Joker's Wild set with the light token with the wall barrier. Interesting combo. I'll say go watch that so you can see how that com combo works. Also, the Anarchy with a Shredder clone was a neat combo to kind of see how Anarchy could run with a Vanisher and also how Shredder clone is kind of run. And I can't play those teams right now. I don't have. I don't know people who run those teams, but being able to watch them, at least I can start formulating some ideas on how to take on those teams or get some team ideas of myself. So go watch that video. I think that's an awesome video to go kind of go through and all that. Now, I cannot start thinking about WKO without wanting to tweak my team. And it's starting to happen, people. It is starting to happen. I can't believe it. I can feel it. I, am, I, am, I love my team. I love the versatility it brought. But it just doesn't seem perfect yet. And I just want to tweak it. I, I run into that problem when I coach. I have a good team. And I keep doing little tweaks to make it better and better and better. And at some point, you've got to run with what you got. And I think I'm at that point is I've got to make a decision. And I thought I'd share with y'all what I'm looking at. If you remember, my team had Devil Dinosaur on it, an Ultron drone. 
Mixelplik, a frogman to activate Mixelplik. Also had Adam, Henry, I mean, well, the colossal Adam, Henry, and did I already say Devil Dinosaur, Devil Dinosaur. Anyway, those figures were all on my team. I also had a full Just League teleport. Well, what I'm looking at right now is I'm really interested in this Wiz kid that's out. And I'm looking at maybe putting him on my team and taking Henry off. I'm looking to take Henry off, Adam. I know, hold, hold your horses. I'm not done. I'm going to take Henry, Adam off, both of them. That's right there, 30 points. And I'm going to replace them with a drone. So it gives me two drones, two options to bring things in. I think that's huge in my team. Give me a little flexibility. Then I'm taking Devil Dinosaur off. I know you're saying, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing, Shay? Why are you taking Devil Dinosaur off? What's your thought process there? His tokens are supposed to be able to get out there. Your boss, Those pogs, when they die, is going to be able to spin that teleporter. What are you doing? Well, and Devil Dinosaur is so hard to kill. It keeps your team alive. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I was processing that and going, okay, can, does that make us, does that make it better? Can, can that be something that I keep or should I get rid of it? And I'm going to tell you, I just kind of tossed them aside because I thought, wow, you know what I can do is add two super rare Green Lanterns from Joker's Wild. Yes, two super rare Green Lanterns from Joker's Wild. And you got to be saying, why? Barrier. The ability to barrier, the ability to use a light token to separate a green arrow, the ability to slow down Jakeem and force his lines of coming in with hypersonic to be a little bit different, I think it's huge. And might give me advantage in being able to, you know, maybe track him down because I think Jakeem's going to be the next big thing. And so looking at that, I'm like, okay, if I add those and then I add WizKid, and my thought on WizKid is his ability to give plus one to attack, plus one to damage, and plus one to range. All together as a super enhancement is way too big for my team. Putting him near Mixie will allow Mixie to, you know, get a 10 range now, three damage, and his attack goes up, which was always the problem with Mixie. How do I get his attack up? Uh, problem with WizKid, he, he flies. He doesn't, he doesn't actually... What am I trying to say? He flies, but he can't carry anything. So how do I carry him? Well, my thought was I could colossal Frogman, and Frogman could carry him, or I could I could colossal Mixie, and Mixie can carry Wizkid and Frogman. So I, I I'm going to play around some combos. I need to play that team. See how it does. I love Green Lantern and his barrier. Downside, my highest point figure is going to be seventy. They're going to be very squishy. They can get hit hard and be taken out. And I have thought about, do I want to replace WizKid with Eclipso on Mixie? Well, there's a different thing to do. I, maybe I could put Eclipso on Mixie. That would give him... Well, no, I can't. He's small size. Ah, I remember that now. No. So, I'm really looking at those team ideas. If you have a thought about that, if you think you are off the rails, don't do that. And here's why. Just let me know. But that's one of the thoughts. I just want to keep you all in mind on that. Finally... Just some musings I had. I put out there on Facebook, you know, the Ultra Chase. Would you sell it? And, you know, a lot of people responded. I had some people out there say, no, they keep it. No, they say, actually, everybody said they keep it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Totally honest with you. I agree with you. <laughs> I'd pull that thing and I'd say I was going to sell it, but I wouldn't. I'm a collector at heart. I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. And I'd hold on to it until it's too late to sell it. I don't know if I could just turn around and just get rid of it. 
just having something unique like that. That'd just be cool. I'm such a collector. I'm such a lover of Hero Clicks. There's no way. I, I, I can't believe it. And I can tell you how I know. I bought an extra case of World's Finest because I thought, wow, World's Finest, the way it's going, the way it's, it can pay for itself. I can buy a case and I can pay for itself and get some extra figures. You know what I did? Nothing. I kept every figure I got. Why? I love them as trade bait. And I got a KC Superman out of it. I'm not going to sell that thing. I'm going to keep it. I got that chase. I got a uh, couple of super rares I wanted. I mean, I'm just not going to get rid of it. I'm going to use it to trade. I will put stuff on eBay, but it's really old stuff that I'm just trying to clean my closet out with. I'm not trying to make a lot of money off of. It's, I don't know. I'm a collector. I, it, it is it is the death of me, I believe. It's going to cost me way too much money. And it, I mean, Deadpool on a unicorn. Come on. Why would you want to give that up? I wouldn't at all. Anyway, that's kind of musings for the last week. That's where I'm going. Hopefully you've noticed. I feel I feel a lot better. I'm thinking more clearly. And I'm just excited about the way this game's going and where we're headed with it. So, you know, that's my thoughts for the week. What did I do? How did I do? Eh, it was okay. And what I've been thinking of. Now, what's coming up next is Deadpool versus Joker. Who will be meta? Time for the showdown between Joker's Wild and Deadpool. Which one will make the meta impact? Now, this is all my opinion. Me going through the figures, looking at them, and deciding, hey, which one of these would I love to try to build a competitive team around? Or to help fill out a competitive team I had? I'm not an expert. So in order to prepare for this kind of set review, I did go read other blogs. Uh, Clicks Fix by A.J. Pfeiffer. He's a great blog to go review. He has some great team ideas. He's a very interesting person to, to uh, kind of listen to. So his blog. I also listened to some podcasts about reviews of both sets. However, these are my opinions taken by getting information that way and looking at figures myself. I broke down this analysis into a commons, uncommons, rares, super rares, and chases. And just like if you're watching the football like when you're watching NFL today and they break down the teams and they say which team's got the better quarterback and all that, I'll be going through and say which set has the best commons, which one has the best uncommons, which one has the best rares, which one has the best super rares, the best chases, and then I'll determine an overall winner from that. My criteria for judging these is really based upon how they would fit onto a team in the meta. And I actually didn't look at figures that were had to be tied into a certain theme in order to be very effective. I want to look at generic pieces, pieces that could work across multiple teams and could kind of switch in and out. Kind of like Mixelplick or like a Devil Dinosaur, Ultron Drones, things that could fit, fill into different teams and draw from different sets in order to make a more effective team. doesn't mean that the meta doesn't have theme teams, but I wasn't looking at specific like Suicide Squad or Heroes for Hire, those I kind of steered away from. Really what I was kind of looking for was which pieces could really be meta-ready on any team available. So let's get right to it. So first up will be our commons, the Joker's Wild commons versus the Deadpool commons. Well, in the Joker Wild corner, the, I only saw three commons that really stood out to me as meta-worthy. 
Those were Anarchy, The Prime, 003B, I believe. Anarchy, his special ability, well, he brings prob, but his ability to place six bomb markers that when a character ends their movement within three on his turn, he can roll a dice, and if he rolls a... Oh, if you roll a four to six, then the marker goes boom, destroying all adjacent blocking terrain, and ever uh, all characters are dealt three damage. So it's a map control thing. So Anarchy has already made its impact on the competitive scene. You've seen him on a few teams already, so he's very meta capable. The other one I had was Batman, the 120 point Batman which looked like a very cool piece to have. I've not seen him out there, but I've actually thought about how could I build around him. He's six clicks deep. He starts with running shot. He has ability to, he has Batman ally and outsiders. He can use the outsiders to prevent teams from upping their combat values. And when a friendly character within six squares uses the outsider's team ability, that character can immediately use outwit, so his ability to grant outwit. His special power on his attack is free action, choose one, energy explosion, force blast, incapacitate, precision, strike, or willpower. Uh, he can use that until he chooses the power again. That's a pretty cool power, that kind of a utility, small utility belt power. I believe he can make a meta impact, especially as we rotate some other stuff out. This Batman will be very useful. 120 points, a little costly, more than one-third your total, but he could bring a lot of bang for your buck. Those two, and I had a third one, which was the Robin in the commons. He's 45 points. His is a zipline Robin. I've mentioned him before. Just fascinated with him. His ability to jump around with plasticity, to move five squares, which is his range, without having to break away. I think it's a huge movement tie-up piece. And at 45 points, he's very cost-effective. He can get hurt pretty easily. He's only got four clicks, but he has a 17 defense with combat reflexes and plasticity to help guard him. So his ability to pop around and tie figure up and then have a 19 defense in close with three damage and in power makes him an annoying figure for 45 points. His map control being able to pop around makes him pretty good. Now he has to use a power action if he doesn't have any tokens on him, but it's a free action if he has one action token. I mean, I think that's pretty good. Those are the three other Joker War, I think, in the common slot can find their way onto teams, have special uses inside of teams, and aren't really tied just to a theme team. On the other side, what's Deadpool bring? I'm just going to slump this one set of figures in under the commons, and that's going to be the Deadpool shifting focus. It starts in the commons. It will spread through all rarities. We know that's probably going to be meta-capable because of its ability to adjust to any situation. Let's just go ahead and say that is a meta piece, but I'm going to take it out of the commons and not worry about it. That being taken out, we have one, two, three, four, five figures, I believe, that could be meta-worthy. Number one is Cable at 120 points. Now, that 120-point Cable I played this past weekend, he is good, but he's a top-dial figure. Click one or click two, your two best clicks. I believe click one's your best click because of his ability to phase and teleport, and within five squares, if he phases teleports, then he can actually make a close combat or range attack. And he starts with stealth. He has that special movement power. And he does four damage with prob. But his defense is only 17 with invulnerability. And energy shield if he has a token on him. However, 120 points just like Batman. Takes a lot of your build total. I found that he was a little squishy. But he could hit. 
his ability to hide behind a wall and then pop out and just be able to control the middle of a map, to go from a room on the side to the middle of the map. Wizkid's office should be very good for him. And he's got a decent range. I believe his range is 7, really a 12 swing for him. He has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 clicks, a little bit longer than Batman, longer range. However, I felt like after he got hit past click 3, his return on investment went way down. That one is definitely going to be one of those meta pieces, maybe. Kind of like Batman, it's going to be kind of, teams going to have to be built around him, kind of use his ability to the best. He does have Endom, so that helps with his willpower, unlike Batman, who has to pick it. But these next three are very low point fillers that could go on some um, meta teams and can really bring some pain. Number one is Grizzly. Grizzly at 40 points. Doesn't look like a lot, and when you look at him, you're like, well, what are you getting? You ain't getting much. 40 points, I'd rather use something else. I'd rather use 50-point Colossus, but when you really look at him and see what his potential is, he becomes a 40-point piece that you just have to worry about. As a 40-point piece, he's got five clicks, and he has this special power through the first three. It's super strength, and when he has an object, he can deal penetrating damage, and he has three damage. He's got eight movement with sidestep, kind of like Colossus. He's got to kind of sidestep his way up. He's only got a 10 attack. But if you think about it, for a 40-point piece, it can do five penetrating damage to somebody. Pick up a heavy object, carry it around, go hit that guy for five damage straight through. And for 40 points, it's not a huge investment. So I think Grizzly is going to find his way onto some teams. If you could add plasticity to him, i.e. by the symbiote maybe, which will also have the potential to plus one in stats, you're talking about a potential 46-point piece that can just wreck some three, four times their, his worth pieces. So I call that a very effective piece. So I believe that he can make an impact. Situational, you're going to have to have T-Care with him to get him up in position, but very good. Tippy-toe at 25 points is not a huge investment, but the ability to, anytime anybody's in hindering, to be able to give them one damage, even though it's not penetrating, is annoying, especially for support pieces that like to hang out in hindering to help them in stealth. So tippy-toe could be one of these uh, instant attack, which I think is important for like a Martian Manhunter with a 19 defense and super senses. Well, you can't evade this attack. It's just you just you just take damage. It's not an attack. Tippy-toe brings that new little piece to the game which allows him to damage figures without attacking them as long as they hit some certain criteria like they are in hindering so i really like tippy toe as a filler piece that will do some damage also chipmunk hunk reminds me of the pounce feet his ability at 20 points he has leap climb and at the end of his leap climb he can do quake for a 20-point piece, the ability to break up formations, the ability to do two damage to everybody, the ability for a 20-point piece to spread out in an area maybe eight clicks of damage and the ability to knock those people back and cause some chaos that way, it's just not that big of an investment, so I think he's very cost-effective. Do I expect him to be a filler? Yeah, you got 20 points left over. You're going to have to start considering a chipmunk hunt. Can he do something for me? Be able to jump in there and do... Knock Jakeem Thunder and Bizarro Green Arrow apart. Especially once Pandora's box is gone. Combat reflexes are gone. They're going to get knocked back. 
Those three really represent some uh, meta team point fillers. They could see some play. I can see them being dangerous. I can see them figures you can't ignore. I mean, you try to ignore tippy-toe, but as I found out, I had tippy-toe. 18 defense sitting in hindering micro. You try to shoot that, that's 20 defense. Natural. You don't have to do anything to it. Tippy-toe becomes this, and with super sense, tippy-toe becomes this annoying piece you can't kill. Chipmunk hunk. You got to worry. Full movement quake. Full movement quake. That's crazy for a 20-point piece. That is a huge amount of damage. Cost, very cost-effective. And finally, I have on here, too, Dark Deadpool. Why did I put him on here? Because he just looks cool to play. You can roll the dice, divide it by two, and he can move that many squares. You place him so he's able to attack afterwards. He's got an 11 attack. He's got a 10 movement. He does three damage. He has shape change. He has psychic blast, 18 defense with toughness to start with and seven range the only thing he doesn't have is willpower but he's got three clicks of regen and they can get him all the way back up to full health and that's all for 85.7 clicks damage doesn't go below a two attack never goes below a 10 this is a figure that as a secondary attacker you can't get a lot better than this i believe he's going to make an impact you're going to see him out there especially for a team that can control map. This is, I believe, a figure where map control is key. His ability to pop between rooms, his ability to pop behind blocking train or out from behind blocking train to just scare the bejeebus out of other teams is going to be something that makes a huge impact. If I'm looking at this, we have one, two, three, four, five figures in the commons for Deadpool, and we've got three in Joker's Wild. I throw out Cable and Batman because I think they're very situational. Anarchy is a huge impact. I think Dark Deadpool is right there, even with him. Robin's a good point filler with his zip lines, kind of neat. But Tippy Toe, Grizzly, and Chipmunk Hunk, I think just swing it over to Deadpool. Commons go to Deadpool. I think there's a lot of common potential. Well, that's an odd pairing of words, but okay. Common potential. The commons have a lot of potential in the Deadpool set. You got one, two, three, you got five figures that you can pull from to maybe make a better meta team. So I'm going to go give that to Deadpool. Ding, ding, ding. Deadpool takes round one. So let's move on to round two, the uncommons. How do they stack up in the uncommons? Well, in this, it looks like I have Joker's Wild with three uncommons, and I have five uncommons with Deadpool. Looks like it's slam dunk, but not, not once we start talking about it. So let's talk about the ones in Deadpool first. Since Deadpool's got the lead 1-0, let's talk about Deadpool. First one I have online on here is Domino at 90 points. Why do you put Domino at 90? That is a huge investment. That is about one-third of your team, a little bit less. But Domino is 90 points, and she only has six clicks. She has one click of regen. Highest defense, 17. But she automatically has stealth. She's got running shot. But her biggest thing is she's got traded prop. And the even more impressive is when an opposing character rerolls an attack targeting Domino, immediately modify the attacker's attack and damage by minus one. And that's stackable. So she is constantly, if she makes you reroll, she's reducing your attack and damage. And if you reroll it again and go down again, she is a bad luck lady. And she's going to drive prob control teams crazy. She's going to drive people with high attack values and high damage values crazy. She can really mess with you. And her 17 defense 
with combat reflexes. Once again, throw plasticity on her. This is going to be a figure that's going to be hard to deal with in the meta. You're going to need a a tippy toe that can just do one click of damage to her because she's in in hindering. And one thing I do need to figure out, and I don't know off the top of my head, maybe one of y'all can help me with. Uh, tippy toe's squirrel talk says give tippy toe a free action, which is only on his first click. So you have to keep him on his top click. That's one problem with tippy toe. Give tippy toe a free action to deal one damage to opposing character within a eight squares in line of fire that occupies printed hindering terrain. Situational and uh, he's going to have to have a line of fire. So does he able, is he able to target stealth fact? If he's able to target stealth, then Domino's one he's going to have to deal with. Poison's going to have to deal with Domino. Uh, Domino's just going to be hard to hit. So I have her on the list. Now, I also have Dr. Killebrew, who's only 35 points, but four clicks. And his big thing is he gets perple- he gets outwit, and he has a modifier that when an adjacent friendly character hits, if its attack value is higher than its printed value, increase the damage dealt to one hit target by one. So if you can somehow increase the attack value of a person he's beside, then he automatically increases the damage value. Now, he picks up Perplex his last two clicks, which is even more impressive in that now with him having Perplex, he also gets support, but he can Perplex up an attack value so it meets the criteria for his other enhancement power, which is still on his dial. And now he's not only increasing your attack value, he's also increasing damage value. So it's that double dip. So I think Killebrew will have a place in the meta. How big? Not too sure. If What are, what are we going to kind of see him with? He's a little bit more situation. Now Hitmonkey's another one that with only four clicks and 40 points, but his ability to shoot, and he can use running shot, sidestep, and stealth. He's got a 10 attack all the way down, 17 defense with super senses. He's micro. He's get, he picks up 17 with willpower and then gets 18 defense with um, regen. He gets RCE on his last two clicks. He's got sidestep. Uh, and if he targets somebody with precision strike, that can use precision strike, modify his attack and damage values by plus one. So he has the ability to increase his attack value to an 11, his damage value to a 3. I think that's a pretty cost-effective piece. Even micro-sized. You're going to have a hard time shooting him. He's got stealth. You're going to have to be stealth-busting him. You're going to have to get into close combat with him. So he, you have this ability to put a 40-point piece down that's going to be annoying and can actually start hurting some major pieces. So I, once again, I think he has potential. Now, one I ran across, and I hadn't ever actually read him until I saw him at our last event, was Bedlam. Uh, And Bedlam is, let me see, what number is he? Oops, let me pull him up. I'm sorry, it's taking so long. Bedlam, yeah, number 26. He's got 40 points, five clicks, pretty good. And, you know, sidestep, 18 naked defense, got 10 uh, attack with um, <clears throat> cap, And nothing's too impressive except for his bio EM field. Opposing characters within range, which is he's got a five range, can't use the standard powers or combat values modified or, or can't use the standard powers or combat value modifiers granted by equipped items. And that means 
with possession too, because possessions now are equipped. Wow. Are you dealing with a way, a silver bullet to handle possession? Way to handle equipment. Could get larger and larger, especially since we know that Hammer of Thor, well, not Hammer of Thor, but the new Thor set is going to have weapons in it that give you special powers. Resources more equipped now. Uh, the possession people make a huge impact with Jakeem. So he might have a very specialized role in the way the meta resources are kind of shaping up. Kind of like Leonardo is in his 75 point for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're countering the equipped items. Taking out some extra points that you add in there. So 40 points is not a bad investment. If you see the meta shifting that way, I think you feel like more and more resources, equipped resources are being used, he's going to show up more and more as a counter to that at 40 points easily put onto a team. So he could make an impact. And finally, we got Squirrel Girl. I played her this past weekend. It was awesome, except her tail fell off. I don't know. It was loose from the beginning. It was crazy. The guy who actually drafted her ended up, you know, at the end of the day, he took her home as a prize. He he glued it back on and put a picture out there. But Squirrel Girl, her ability to create squirrel armor, we've talked about her before. Um, she could. I think people love her so much you're going to find her in the meta. There's no way around it. She's going to want to find her way onto the meta. You're going to see her on the meta. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to deal with her. Is it going to be a huge impact? She's going to be on a lot of winning teams. I don't know, 85, she could be a secondary attacker. Um, her ability to produce those pogs kind of for free, tie up. I don't know. I think she can. She's She could be a huge impact. Now, let's go look at who the uncommons are on Joker's Wild. The Atom at 25 points, the ability to bring five clicks of damage, rivals up there with Grizzly. Now, it's not it's not penetrating damage, but his is without an object. So at 25 points, that's huge. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale is a very cool piece in the fact that I didn't really think much about her until I read A.J. Pfeiffer's report on Joker's Wild, and that made me go back and take a second look at her because he's a very high owner. So let me pull her up really quick. Vicky Vale, 25 points. Really doesn't look like much because she has 7 movement with stealth, 8 attack, 15 defense with willpower, and 1 damage. Now if you push her and turn her willpower off, she picks up prob. But her big one is her trait. At the beginning of your turn, you may choose an opposing character within four squares in a line of fire. Until your next turn, the character's combat values can't be replaced and can't be modified to higher than its printed value. So it's pretty much an, an outsider's. An outsider's that also does away with replacements. So, wow. She has a way to shut down some teams. So, once again, you're seeing a lot of that shenanigans going on. You're going to see her, just like Bedlam, starting to show up as a counter. And then finally we have Merlin. Uh, Merlin is uh, 80 points, a running shot range monster. Uh, Let me pull them up right quick. I'm really trying to do this very quick, kind of go down these. You can go back and look at these figures, decide if, hey, he's crazy, or hey, I don't know, maybe I give him a shot. Merlin's got nothing but 11 10 attacks. He's got two nines. He's doing three damage. He's got a range of seven with two lightning bolts. He's got running shot. He's got precision strike. He starts only with 16 defense. 
However, when he has one or more one or more action tokens, he can use stealth. So he's a very, person you want to get out there and get going. And he can use combat reflexes when he would be hit by a range attack. You may roll a two die six and compare the result to your opponent's unmodified attack roll. If your result is higher, the attack is evaded. So it's a different type of super senses against every range attack you can do. So it's just you mono a mono. And if he's not in stealth, somebody targets him, roll your two die six. If you do, you evade the attack. Precision strike, I don't believe can work against. Let me look at this. It can't be evaded. So I would assume precision strike still would work against him. But interesting, range piece. To be honest, uncommons in both sets seems weak to me. You don't have any standouts that can kind of help any team possible. So what are we going to do is, who's going to get it? I had to give it to Joker's Wild. Vicky Vale situation with the Atom, I think, is very, very usable. It's going to be find itself on a lot of teams, and I think Merlin can find himself on some teams. The, everybody else in this entire list is situational, depending on the team build. But I think the Atom can find itself on a, so many different teams just for his ability, 25 points, put him on there. Just a close combat mauler. Uh, I think that swings it over to Joker's Wall. So Joker's Wall takes round two. So now it's a 1 1 tie with us going into the rares. What do the rares bring us? So let's see. We have only two rares on the Joker Wall side, and we have four rares on the Deadpool side. So let's start with the rares on Joker's Wall. They are Flash, the 35 point Flash. And Lady Shiva at 50 points. Um, big thing about Flash, Hypersonic at only 35 points. Ability to run... Uh, let me see. I think it's 12. It's got a 12 Hypersonic for 35 points. Wow. Two damage. I think that is easily placed on a team for 35 points. Yep. 18 defense. That's all you need to know. You got this annoying little piece that can run around everywhere and smack people. 35 points, worth it. Lady Shiva, even more worth it. 12 attacks starting, and she can share it with people. Incredible. She also has the ability to use flurry and precision strike. And she has combat reflexes that doesn't allow anybody else, when they make a close combat attack against her, to increase their values. And she has exploit weakness. Who doesn't like Lady Shiva? I think at 50 points, she's not used enough. Paired up with the right wild card, she could be devastating to another team. So I really think that she can make an impact. I think she's underutilized right now. I actually have a combo in mind. I'll talk about that later. The four pieces from Deadpool are Shatterstar, Princess Python with her snake, Boom Boom, and Duke. Boom Boom's on the list because she's only 60 points. She's got the precision. I'm sorry, not precision. She's got penetrating psy psychic blast with an energy explosion. Got to love that with two targets. She's squishy. You hit her hard first. She's going to go down. She's 60 points waiting to be. She is a first strike monster. If somebody else gets her, at 60 points, you're giving up. Shatterstar has your highest attack value, but at 60 points, his attack value is less than Lady Shiva's. Let me pull up Shatterstar. There were a couple of things I liked about him. Uh, he had, let me pull him up. Where are you? 
Ishama. No, sorry. Shatter Star. Pass those. There he is. Uh, he's got 11, 12, 11, 10, 9. 60 points for five clicks. Starts with 18 defense combat reflexes. He can use sidestep and toughness. He can use blade claws fangs. When he does, once per turn, he may reroll the dice six. That's on his first three clicks. And he's got charge. Very good. Looks like a very good close combat attack piece. Very efficient. Gets uh, regen at the very end. Uh, Lady Shaba. She's got five clicks for 50 points. 17, 17, 16, 16, 16 are her defenses. Only two damage all the way down. Precision strikes first three. She's got Flurry her last two clicks. She's a close combat mauler. In the end, he's probably going to do more damage, but I like her attack value better. I like her ability to share it. I like her 10 points less. Um, these two are your close combat, totally efficient pieces. Uh, he's got the X-Men team ability. She has the Batman enemy team ability. Neither have range. I don't know. It's kind of a toss-up between the two of them. Uh, Dupe, on the other hand, is 90 points or 35. You're only going to use him on the 35 points because I think at 90 he doesn't bring enough. But his special trait is where he really shines, where he can bring the hammers down. You roll a dice, and if you happen to roll a six... He makes a range attack against all opposing characters within 10, range value of 10 with three lightning bolts. He can shoot through everybody. And instead of normal damage, each hit character and each character adjacent to one or more hit characters is dealt three damage. That's huge power, but you have to roll six. You're not going to spend 90 points on the fact that when he does a power action, that he happens to roll this six and you do all this unthinkable damage. Really, what you can use him for it sit him in the back until you can let that thing go off. He's micro, so he can be carried around. He's a prob guy. 35 points, that's very cost-effective with the ability ever so often hitting his power. People are going to ignore him. He's going to hit that. It's going to be a game-changer. If you don't hit it, his prob is going to bring you some points. So, looking at those, in Princess Python, her thing is if her snake can tie you up with plasticity, then it will do some damage to you or give you an action token. Ah, okay, get it in position. You're still having to action token in her to move your mover snake. So hit her there. But I do think that some people are going to come up with some ways to use it. So in that one, which one do I give it to? Shatterstar and Lady Shiva kind of cancel each other out, but in the end, Flash just beats out Dupe and the rest of them. I just think Flash is such a huge piece to be able to be used. I, I just can't wait to see him on team. So, who wins the rares? It's going to be Joker's Wild. So, we've got to move on to the super rares. And that's where it's really going to start hitting the fan. Super rares. Let's see what they bring us. Now, this is where there's a lot. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of Joker's Wild. And one, two, three, four, five, six out of Deadpool. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. In rares, I don't know how past this guy, Living Brain, I think he's going to make a difference with his ability to, one, give you outwit and, I believe, perplex. And, was it prob? Yes, Living Brain. Perplex, outwit, and prob. And adjacent friendly character with scientist keyword uses outwit, perplex, or prob. 
minimum range value of 10. So he has a minimum range value of 10. And if you have a scientist with it, they get a minimum minimum value of 10. But at 70 points, I just felt like he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven clicks. I didn't think it swung the favor. I thought I still think the rares in Joker's Wild just will make a bigger impact. The Living Brain's a huge investment just for outwit. Now, with the changed outwit, maybe it's worth it. But you're gonna have to in a scientist theme team, it's probably more worth it. On just a generic team, Lady Shiva probably holds better. But I know Flash will. He'll 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 fly on any team. So, and well, that's my opinion. With such low low costed hypersonic. He's just going to be a little annoying little thing. Um, so let's get into the super rares. Super rares. Uh, so we're at 2-1, Joker's Wild. Super rares are looked at in Deadpool. Dead Girl, Ajax, Colossus, Strife, WizKid, and Deadpool. Merc with a mouth. Deadpool, Merc with a mouth. I think with that new mechanic, somebody's going to break him. And at 70 points, he's way able to. I love WizKid at 25. I already talked about it. His enhancement, super enhancement that increases your attack value and your damage. And range, big. Strife, 135 points on the fence with him and Ajax. Ajax, 140. I played against Ajax. His ability to choose hypersonic or flurry. Endom with prob. Low attack value, high cost. He's had 140. Same cost as Jakeem, and he doesn't fly. Strife, 135. Only five points cheaper. Love the Technovirus where he does damage equal to half the number of click you're on. But... In the end, Dead Girl is probably the best in these in the 80-point Colossus. I think they're going to hold the most weight. They're going to be huge secondary attackers. But if I flip over to the Super Rares and Joker's Wild, Mr. Freeze, Lockdown Piece, Penguin, Pog Factory, Green Lantern, a barrier machine, and his light token and his ability to create a wall that can separate characters, going to be big. And only at 35 points, you can fit two. You know I'm already thinking about putting two on my team. I think that's big. Um, did I say big? Am I saying huge? You know it. Jakeem Thunder, enough said. Krang, move over. Jakeem Thunder is the new gatekeeper. If he was a common, this would be ridiculous right now. He's a point-and-click figure right now. He's a one-man army wannabe. 140 points, you run him at one-man army. Bane, not used him much. People love him. But if I'm going to go down, Killing Joke at 140 points, I think can be very hard to deal with. A ha-ha Joker, unkillable at 50 points. A lot of shenanigans going on. we already seen him in meta teams already. And Bane, people love Bane. I say he's worth his points at 105. And for me, Man Bat at 55 points. I think Man Bat, since he has Batman enemy, team with Lady Shiva, is a 105-point piece that can get across the board and the ability to share attack values, you're going to have to make a decision. Who do you hit, her or him? And whichever one you don't hit, the other one's going to come back at you. So I think that pairing could create some synergy. It could create something. I don't understand how they both don't have a keyword they can both go on, but that's neither here nor there. I love that. In my brain, I'm going, wow, those two paired together could be huge. Could be a lot of fun. Could be crazy. Throw on another... Eclipso on Manbat, making him almost making him so hard to kill, along with Lady Shiva being up there, being able to tie up a piece, unable to kill Manbat, unable to increase your attack values in close combat because of Lady Shiva sitting there on you, and dealing with all that, you're 
it's going to be frustrating. That's 130 points, but I don't know. I wonder if that would work. So that moves man bat up on my list. So looking at this, I already know that Penguin's finding his way on on uh, some teams. G- Green Lantern is. Jakeem Thunder's everywhere. We know his impact. Ha-ha Joker's out there. And I look over here, how many of these are going to find their ways? Maybe Wiz Kids because it's 25 points. Probably Deadpool with, with a Merc with a mouth. And only Dead Girl if it's situational. Stop clips. Become, stop clip clicks. Ah, stop clicks become this thing that a lot of characters have and you're going to have to deal with them she's going to be that situational piece you put out there because she can knock people past them that when she hits you you can't use your stop clicks be good against these bizarro things so i'm going to give that to joker's wild i just love those super rares a lot better and we already know the impact jakeem has he is a stud in the current meta now what that's going to leave us is our chases And I'm not going to bring up the ultra chase. Let's just go with the chases. The two chases that I think are worth their points is Bizarro Green Arrow and Bizarro Joker. Bizarro Joker with his ability, if he can heal for however many people he's adjacent to, plasticity, ultimate tie-up piece. Bizarro Green Arrow, the ultimate nerf to range. His ability to put a token on and you reduce your attack value and your damage value by one. And all range attacks are directed to him instead of anybody that's adjacent to him. That is crazy. Crazy good. Crazy good. And only 50 points for Bizarro Green Arrow and 45 points for Bizarro Joker. They're easily put on there. They're, they're lower support pieces. You can find plays to get on there, and they, and they drive people crazy. However, looking at the Deadpool chases, there's only one chase I wouldn't play, and that's probably uh, Champion Pool. I would say champion pull because of his speed. I think people can get around him pretty easily. And probably the captain. Those two, all the others, I love to play them. I think they all have a place. I think they will make some impact. You'll see a venom pull. You'll see a pulp pulp pull, and you'll see a, a um, golden age dead pull. I think you'll see those people showing up. I think you'll see a Hulk pull. I think all those are going to make some kind of meta team. And their little comic panels are going to be making each one of those just a little bit better. So, in that regard, Deadpool takes the chases. So, who wins? Who wins in the Battle Supreme? Joker's Wild. Yes, you heard it here. I believe Joker's Wild is going to make the bigger impact. I think its pieces are very cost-effective very efficient and do some kind of neat things. However, don't think Deadpool is going to be shut out. I just think the impact from Joker's Wild is going to be felt for longer and is going to have more of an impact. But Deadpool's right there with him. It's very close. But the fillers, I think Deadpool is going to have more fillers out there. They have a lot of low point characters that can just kind of end up filling a team a little bit. And... um the other pieces in Joker's Wild can really just round a team out, some secondary attackers, some specialty pieces that do some kind of cool thing. So I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna live with it. I think shifting focus Deadpool is going to make a huge impact, but I'm going to stick with Joker's Wild. Joker's Wild will have a huge impact on the meta. I think Deadpool will be right there with it, but I'm just going to go with Joker's Wild on this. Boom. That's my call. Is it right? I have no idea. 
but I, all these characters I went through that I went through and studied and decided on, yeah, I want to play them now. I want to try and build a team. And we'll find out over time. As I play test them, as I go through them, this list will get narrowed down. Less and less of these pieces will actually be meta-worthy, meta-capable. But I think this is the list to start with and start to pare down from this. That's my opinion. That's how I'm going to build my teams around. I wonder what you think. Do you agree with me? What don't you agree with? Interesting things I did find out while doing this research. Heroes for Hire, if you pick, doesn't matter which one you pick, but if you chose all the Heroes for Hire, which is Fool Killer, Madcap, Massacre, Slapstick, Solo, Stingray, and Terror, they add up to 430 points. And the only Deadpool you could put with them who does not have a keyword to share with them is Deadpool, Mark with a Mouth, and it would put them at a 500-point team, non-theme. However, if you take all the JSA without Wildcat, the low point ones, you put them all together, they add up to 295. That's crazy. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. Eight figures adding up to 295. Less than 40 points a character. Crazy. Crazy. You don't have enough actions for that team. You would need, with eight characters, you would need that leadership change. So, I don't know. I just found that kind of funny. Just crazy. But that's my review on Joker's Wild and Deadpool, who would win in the meta matchup, who I think some meta uh, characters to go out there and try, kind of fool around with. So there you go. I'm out on limb. I'll put my line in the sand, and this is where it's going to be at. We'll, We'll have to wait and see. Now it's time for the team challenge. My challenge team was 300-point Deadpool-only team. Can only have one version of Deadpool on the team and must be themed. Now I'll be placing this out, these teams out on Facebook for you to look at them. But my Deadpool team would actually be an X-Force theme. And the Deadpool I'd choose is DXF034B, the shifting focus one that has the X-Force keyword at 75 points. Now I would also include all the shifting focuses, the 1A... 17, 33, 37A. I'd include all those on the team, but I would start out with that Deadpool to give my X-Force theme team name to it and just let Deadpool pop in and out, kind of like a jumping around alternate dimension, Deadpool uh, asking for wardrobe change all the time. I might even say that every time I was going to shift him out, I would say, wardrobe change, and have him pop out. I just feel like he'd be fun. Now, also with him, I put Dead Girl, Way to kind of move him around. She was a flyer. Ability to deal with stop clicks. I also put on that the Fast Forces Phantom X. Love his ability to be on a rooftop and just pretty much have all lines of fire blocked. I put Domino on there from Fast Forces, from the Fast Forces set for 25 points to be my prob. So I have three attackers all at 75 points. I have a prob person at 25 Put You Go Girl at 40. She's kind of a taxi, can carry a lot of them, if not all of them, around. She just uses to reposition my team. But at 40 points, real, well worth it. Round the team out, I have a symbiote and a web shooter. Symbiote, give it to Phantom X because of you'd have to get up close to him and his ability to up his stats by plus one, hopefully. And then the web shooter, probably give to You Go Girl. I hadn't really thought that out. Just had four points left over. Thought the web shooter, oh, that looks pretty cool. Let me put it out there. Kind of an homage to Deadpool and Spidey being besties at times. So that that's kind of what I went with. I thought it would be a fun team. I have no idea how sin- 
synergetic it is or how competitive it is. But X-Force themed, symbiote, web shooter, have some funny little shenanigans going on. I think it'd be a fun team to play. I might even, I'm going to put this in my archive and pull it out one time. We're having a 300 point team game and just throw it together and take it out to the local venue and just go have fun with it. Or when my friend Mark comes in, having fun with him doing it. So that's, that's my thought. That's my challenge team. Wonder what y'all came up with. How do you like it? Do you have any ideas about it? Just let me know. Now, the new challenge is build three 300-point teams from six random boosters of Deadpool. And this is really an homage to what I really want to do when I go to Origins. I mean, besides playing in National Worlds, is playing the World Team Championships, where you and two buddies get to go sign up to go against other teams of three. And to start, it's a sealed tournament, which I love sealed, and your team is given six boosters. You have to come up with three 300-point teams, and then you have to take on the other teams there. And to win your round, you have to beat two of the three teams you face. So uh, when I say three people you face, so each team has three people on it. You match up. Your A person goes against their A person. Your B person goes against their B person. Their C person goes against your C person. And if your team can win two of those matches, then you win that round. And it's kind of scored that way, and you keep you do Swiss rounds that way, and then you go into single elimination. A lot of fun. Love sealed building. Love the thought of taking six boosters and creating three teams. So love to see how y'all would do this. And I, I what I did is I chose three. I chose six boosters from my case, number three, four, seven, thirteen, nineteen, and fourteen, which I'd kept those cards separate from them. And I'll be posting the figures that will be found on each one of those boosters. And let's put some teams together. Let's see what we could have came up with. I think it's going to be fun. I can go ahead and tell you two chases. For some reason, two chases came up. And those those uh, boosters, two of those boosters had chases in them. So this will be interesting. Now, uh, not trying to hurry along or finish up too quick, but keeping it fresh, how can you keep your scenarios fresh? What's a new scenario to try? And I thought of this one. It's called Survivor Series. Because I love watching Survivor. It's now on. What it is, you create a team of minimum of three figures for 300 points. So at the bare minimum, you have to have three figures. On your sidelines, you can have three figures that can be used to replace those other figures once they are KO'd. You can only replace a figure after a game, and the figure replacing them cannot be for more points. Once KO'd, the figure is lost for the rest of the tournament, any figure. Figures that survive will heal two clicks between rounds. So in this, you're trying to keep your team alive. And as you and your reinforcements on the sidelines can come in and take the place of killed teammates. However, they can't be more points than those killed teammates. So you're trying to make it through the entire tournament round after round. It's, it's not a great one-shot. This is a great one for multiple for like three rounds of Swiss and then going into a single elimination. And you could have less than a 300-point team, or you might have a team that is just – people are about to die on it and the other team has one really one character left and it's this survivor who can outlast the other one i just think that might be fun that might be a really cool scenario to go try so you should go and see if that would work i'm going to suggest it at my local venue see if they wanted to give it a shot uh could it be abused yes of course like anything else but i don't know i say go have fun with it now parting shots Email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on HC Realms 
under the ID of Colossus 10. Like our Facebook page, you can search on Facebook by typing in at Heroclix Borderlands, all one word. Please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. They love to, for us to get ratings and reviews, and when I say us, me, love to hear your new WKO ideas and teams. Hoping to have that judge friend of mine who will talk with us about the rules. Just remember, keep on rolling the dice and keep on getting double sixes. Keep on clicks, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.